1: Hey everyone, if you are looking to pick up a new machine, head on over to store.linkinelectric.com, and you can use one of our promo codes, weld.com10, for 10% off equipment or weld.com20 for 20% off gear, accessories, and these are going to be good for the rest of the year. Again, that's weld.com spelled out, W-E-L-D-D-O-T c-o-m with 10 or 20 after and you can snag some sweet new gear at a sweet new price hi welcome to the weld.com podcast i'm Bo wiggington and today i'm sitting down with tyler caton and we are going to be chatting about welding surprise surprise how are you today tyler
0: i'm doing great man yourself
1: i'm super so i've been just looking through your instagram And you have some very fancy colors going on in a bunch of these pictures. So do you do mainly, like, is this a lot of stainless steel that you work with?
0: Honestly, it depends uh, what we got going on that week. A lot of times we'll get a lot of, like, quote-unquote content from, like, you know, big jobs and stuff we're doing. Um, So I definitely do a lot of stainless, especially more since I've been hired there. I have a pretty good background in welding stainless steel. Did it for you know, a long time in the beginning of my career. But we also, we do a lot of aluminum parts. Most of the, like, mild steel we do is a MIG weld it, unless we do, like, sheet metal, like, forms. But, um, yeah, a lot of the times, it's a lot of stainless and, uh, you know, aluminum right now. I mean, we'll get jobs that I don't even, like, bother posting on Instagram because it'll be, like, a small, quick one or two of job that I just – Get done in fifteen minutes, and we send it out the door, and it'll be like a half inch weld that gets blended on like you know a tray or some kind of electrical cover or something like that of the sort where it's like all right, just get the job at the door quick and do it. Um I only like to post stuff that's a little more um as I call Instagram show work flashy, yeah, something that's kind of kind of catch the eye and show off more of the you know, my capabilities or, you know, content I think people will like. Or sometimes under a post, I'll explain like what I'm doing or how I'm running it. Cause everyone always asks, What are your settings? What are your settings? I mean, it'll help you, but you know, there's a lot more, as you know. since when you start really getting in the depths of fine tuning every little beer technique, like just your wrist angle being a little uncomfortable, a little off, can completely change the way your weld is going to come out.
1: Yeah. Well, Talking about your beginning in welding, so it sounds like, how long have you been welding? Eight years now. Eight years. And w-
0: what got you into welding? Uh, it was a happy accident. Um, I was actually going to be a history teacher out of high school. I know right before we uh, started you know, recording, I was talking about how our entire lives, we've been pushed to do well in school so you can go to a good college and get a good job. And then I know a lot of my friends, and I'm sure a lot of your friends are... So far in debt and do not have jobs in the fields they have degrees in. And when I started looking to actually into the history teaching, I was like, oh man, they only pay you, you know, $20,000 a year when you start. And there's no jobs around, you know, where I was because I wanted to stay around my family and, you know, friends and stuff like that, especially, you know, when you're only 18, 19, 20. You, Some people want to just get away from home, but I didn't. I have a very close relationship with my family and friends. So I was like, all right, I don't know what to do. So I just worked a few jobs. I had pretty decent mechanical skills from my dad. My dad could probably build a house from the ground up. He knows how to do every single trade that involves that plumbing, electrical, carpentry. I mean, the dude's... I wish I had a quarter of his knowledge and paid attention when I was a kid. So working jobs with him and being around him a lot gave me a pretty good like mechanical background and understanding of like how to build things. So I ended up getting a job at Mack Trucks when I was younger, in my early 20s. And that kind of got me on my resume, the mechanical experience, the need to get into a fabrication job. Um, so I ended up uh, working there for a little bit and then I got laid off from there they did a mass layoff like 300 some people this was back in 2012 2013 ish yeah um and when the old mine calendar ended yeah that's when yeah
1: your mac chopped uh, exactly <laughs> there
0: you go so <laughs> so after that i was on unemployment for a little bit and my buddy got me in at this job uh, for this company called abec what they did was build uh biopharmaceutical bioreactors and harvesters i know anyone i was getting into look yeah there's some traveling And by traveling, I mean traveling internationally. I worked in Switzerland for a long time on and off. Um, Yeah. They produce uh, byproducts or medicines and stuff like that. And that's what these machines do. Uh, I don't know the whole science behind that, but I could tell you how to build one. Yep. So I started out as a fabricator there doing the fabrication. So a lot of that was like tubing, like uh, spool piping and stuff like that. uh, Made out of different um, types of uh, tubing. Basically my first, you know, go with a welder was we would clamp everything, you know, our parts together of the tubing and would cut like our straight length. So then you'd have like 45 or 90 degrees, whatever the spool drawing was, because we individually built the spool drawings that would supposedly fit from point A to point B on the machine, which if any of you uh you know know anything about fabrication and uh engineer drawings, um yeah, it never fit point A to point B. And all my the years I worked there, I never picked up a pre-made piece. And put it in place and it worked. Never. There seems
1: to be. So when I get into welding, there's all these memes about engineers (laughs) and welders. Uh, Explain to me, explain to me your experience with this. Like, what is the problem? Where's the disconnect?
0: So actually, I was just experiencing this uh, yesterday. Um, We have one of our customers comes in and uses our, um, our shop space a lot to like work on some of his projects because we do a lot of uh, telecom work for him which is pretty fun work and it's a lot of different stuff but he uh hired these uh two uh engineers a little bit younger but they have zero getting my hands dirty type of work i mean i'm not even sure if they know how to read a tape measure that's a joke they should be able to if they're you know going down to the uh you know decimal point on a drawing when they draw make one but I was on our mill machining and I sent them up on our drill press to just countersink, get these aluminum brackets, um, something they're building. I don't know what it is. I'm not really involved with what they're doing, but I kind of sent him up on the drill press and explained to him what to do and, you know, which countersink to use and everything like that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I really want to get like more into like doing this kind of stuff. So I have like a better understanding of like what's going on because uh, he made a drawing for me. Um, I didn't post this up on Instagram yet probably sometime next week, but I made this, um, we do a lot of prototyping too for customers to ensure that things work. It's basically this, um, uh, and the brake press, it's bent kind of in like almost like a W form. And there's four of them that wrap around this flange and it's tab and slotted. So it's easy to fit up. And then a huge pipe ends up going into it and it uh, kind of holds it in place. And then uh, the W pieces are tab and slotted back. And then that support gusset is also tab and slotted down into the flange. And it's two flanges that come on top of each other. And I had to weld a bunch of nuts around and um, these uh, laser cut holes. And then a pipe would be fitting into it. And it would just hold this massive pipe. It was a pipe It was a pole for uh telecom. I'm not sure exactly what it was used for, but he designed it. But with the, when you bend something, your bend lines, you get a radius on like just from bending it. He didn't champ for the corners, of the support gussets at all. Like they were just straight to the edge. And I'm like, I want to sl- slap it in. And I'm like, Oh well, this isn't going to work. So then I had to go to the belt sander and grind everything down, and, and I was kind of explaining to him about that. So the whole like thing about like engineers and stuff is. When you go to start building stuff in the real world, you start running into other kinds of problems and fitment issues or oversight issues or they over-engineer something where it's more complicated and more time consuming to build than it should be for what its functionality is. Start running into problems there and the more complicated you make something, the more problems you're probably gonna end up running into, especially when you're prototyping, when something's not proofed out. He didn't understand that because when he pulls up his CAD drawing, everything just lines up and it looks like it lines up on the computer but when you're going to do it in real life well guess what that's not going to sit flush now because the corner is hitting that radius from the bend so a lot of the joking is they don't understand how things actually work and they don't like want to get their hands dirty essentially so i think that's where that big disconnect is i honestly think if you go to get like a mechanical engineering degree you're going to be involved in this stuff i think you should have to have some kind of like actual like fabrication type experience as part of your college degree. I'm not exactly sure how they would do that, but I feel like you need real life experience to understand how things actually go together. I worked at a fab shop
1: when I was in welding school and learned a lot because like welding school, you you learn a lot about how to do one specific thing really well. And that's just I'm gonna weld the certification mm-hmm test, I'm gonna weld it out. And then you start working at a fabrication shop and you're like, okay, so 90% of my time is going to be prepping and making material, yep. Yep. fitting it up, taking it apart, fixing it again, and then putting it back together, welding it out, feeling really frustrated all the time. <laughs>
0: you know? Um I mean. yeah, I mean basically uh weld weld school is great for you to learn your basics, learn your processes. Uh, Learn how to get comfortable with your machines and settings. Uh, Obviously, every machine is a little different, but it gives you an in depth basics. Uh, I mean, it depends on school to school. There's some schools that have some crazy programs that'll really get you set for the real world and they have real world applications, but that's expensive and you need the space for it and you need the instructors for it. And, you know, there's a few out there, but um, that's a lot, you know, harder to come by. I mean, a lot of, a lot of welding schools are a little more basic where they're going to teach you your, you know, four main processes and your positions and welding this groove and this groove. And I don't know if you had classroom time, but when I went to welding school, we had classroom time. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, we learned a lot about like um, blueprinting and stuff like that, but I had a little bit of an advantage when I went to school because I was welding and fabricating for four years before I ever went to school. That's awesome.
1: If you're going to talk to a student that's trying to get into welding school, what would your advice to, before they even consider going, what would your advice be?
0: Well, I would start uh, talking to people and networking. I have quite a few people reach out to me over Instagram and ask me like these kind of questions. One guy wants to do like a video call with me and he wants to have like a depth conversation about like this because it's like that's what he wants to do as a career and i think it's important that we have people like that on social media that have been through you know the ropes and kind of know what the industry is about in a sense especially reaching out to multiple people because not everyone is an expert at everything in the welding industry i am certainly not Uh, There's a lot of things that I haven't done and same with everyone else. You know, we kind of end up finding, you know, a few jobs here and there until we find our niche. And then, you know, that's kind of what we get good at and stick to. And
1: That, That word niche right you learn about it so you're going to school you get out and they're like oh it's going to take a while for you to really figure out what you're going to be doing and that's a really crazy thing to hear i just finished this program and i thought you're going to tell me what i need to go do and it's like no you're going to find your niche you know and it, you do like everybody just kind of falls into something absolutely
0: exactly if i had to give the advice of okay hey uh i'm looking to go into welding school and i'm not sure what my steps are uh one if you're really to travel there's some like i said there's some really in-depth programs out there where their welding school program is absolutely insane with what they offer so i would look into kind of what are you interested in welding do you want to go into automotive do you want to work on a pipeline do you, you know kind of get an idea of what you want to do and if you're not sure what you want to do at all a general school that has a good program that goes over everything is gonna be just fine for you because that's what I went into, and I loved my school. I still I go back there sometimes and you know hang out with the instructors and stuff like that. So if you want to look into that, I would start seeing what schools around you locally. Call them, talk to them about their programs. Get with one of the uh, people at the school that does like walkthroughs and stuff like that, and lets you meet the instructors and go do a tour of the school. And, you know, see if that's going to be an uncomfortable environment for you.
1: What's a must-have for you? For, like, if you were just going into school with the knowledge you have now, like,
0: what's a must-have? Um, as much as they say you don't need an expensive welding hood, you can get away with cheap equipment. But I, um, I have an Optrell Panamax, and I also have the uh, Speedglass G502 welding hood. And then when I'm MIG welding or stick welding in my pipeliner, I have um, a true TrueArc uh, lens. And let me tell you, being able to really see the details of your weld puddle and the joint you're welding and where you're going and traveling to literally makes a world, world of difference and your ability to properly weld. I don't care what anyone says about you don't need expensive, fancy, bougie equipment. You don't. You don't. But it helps. Yeah.
1: My first welding hood I had, it was just like a cheap auto-darkening hood. And I spent the first week, I didn't realize there was a film on the inside. Uh so I still had like the anti scratch film on there. And so I spent like the first week. I'm like, Man, this is really hard to see. But I was still doing great, you know? I was like I was like, Yeah, this is hard. I don't know how I'm gonna see this ever. But then I was my instructor was like, Let me try your hood out and he looked and he was like, Well, you never took off the film on the trout's hard about it? <laughs> he was like No, he was really surprised because he was like, I mean, you're you're doing a great job, but I don't understand how.
0: You're doing great, but you can't see, so you a wizard?
1: He's like, you're just like setting yourself up to be able to weld blind one day. So <laughs> But that's that's one thing I learned like the first week of welding school. So when when you started getting into fabrication, mm-hmm. what made you be like, Yep, this is for me?
0: So it's interesting. Uh so when we made the when I was talking about the, the tubing spools earlier, all sanitary, all stainless. We would tack weld them together and then we would orbital weld all the small stuff. The welders would do all like the heat exchangers and, you know, the actual pipe and stuff like that. So that kind of get me into that. And it was just fun building stuff, honestly. Like I just really enjoyed putting stuff together because we'd make all the brackets, cut everything, do all like the polishing and stuff like that. Because everything was about aesthetics there and everything had to be clean. Um, are you familiar with uh, RA finishes at I'm all? i not. Okay, so an RA finish, it's basically this little, uh, it's, you know, a standard uh, fine finish on something, essentially, in layman's terms. To measure that, they have this little, you know, little box device, and it has a little needle on it that just does a little scratch, and it reads out the uh, surface roughness. So, like, anything going inside of a vessel or anything like that, because of contamination had to be 12 RA or under. So basically a mere, almost a mere finish, like perfect, no, all our frames had to be a 34 RA or lower. So, you know, we did a lot of the grinding and polishing. So that got me kind of good at that. And then I got a more in-depth look at that later in my career at AVEC. But what really got me like hooked, this is how I started welding. And this this is prior to welding school. So I already had the like good fabrication knowledge because that job wasn't easy. Some of these projects, they'd be these massive platforms with these 10K vessels with so much piping that'd be inside of like these double stacked frames. And then they would interconnect piping between four units. I mean, these things would be massive. I mean, they would take you like eight months to build between two shifts to build these things, like serious work. And then we would go out on the field for retrofits, repairs, and uh, we would do the, all our installs. So we would t- match mark anything outside the frame, tear it down, send it clean everything, package it, send it out. And we'll get back to the whole packaging thing because that's actually the first time I actually ran a bead. So we needed uh, another like good welder on second shift. So they called this guy Denny back who used to work there when the company first started. They called him like, hey, we want you to come back. You know, we need you. And he's like, all right. He was working for himself. He's like, I got a job to finish up. and he came back. I'm sure because you know, when you weld, when I was talking about like some of the stuff I don't post, I guess I should post it too to show people like, I want to make this very clear. Not every single weld I do looks pretty. Not every single weld any. Well there does looks pretty. Not every single one. Guaranteed fact.
1: All mine look perfect. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just right. gonna... I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well that that kind of like brings us into the whole social media age where it doesn't matter what industry you're in, everybody's lives are way more crisp and beautiful. And this look what I'm doing, you know. Exactly. And it, it kinda... show, that's why I said
0: Instagram show work. Yeah. It's show work.
1: Well, but it also kind of sets people up for unrealistic expectations. It's not just the beauty. These beautiful welds and you're just like in welding. I feel like some people in welding school just quit because they see all these beautiful welds on Instagram and they're just like, that's what I want to do. I want to be like that. And then they've been welding a week and they're like, I don't look like that yet. I'm done. You don't really see the persistence and years that it takes to really craft your skills and also just body mechanics. All
0: right. So first of all, that's like the biggest thing you're going to suck for a little while. It's going to be really frustrating. And honestly, if you don't have a good instructor and you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on stuff just to even brush up on old knowledge. You know, you want to gain as much knowledge as possible. That's why I said it's important about going to a good school because you need a proper instructor. So if I'm teaching someone, literally the first thing I teach them before they even strike an arc is body mechanics and body positioning. It's literally one of the most important things to be able to follow through when you're welding. And that's in any position on any process. It is the most fundamental thing to welding. That's not related to the welder or the puddle. Essentially. It's literally like I was saying, when we first started the little bit, littlest bit off, and it could completely change what's going to be happening inside of that weld pool. When you're welding people like in school, don't, don't get discouraged or if you're a hobbyist and you're like, man, why can't I like stack dimes like that? Or like, don't get frustrated. It takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. I am literally, I'm very self-critical of myself for most things. So I'll like, Oh, well, so it's only like, it sucks. looks like it looks, <laughs> doesn't look good. And it's perfect. And I'm like, it'll be like the toe, the toe line will be a little bit off on a weave and I'll be like, ugh. <laughs> That's disgusting. How can I mess? Like, maybe not that bad. It's a little, (laughs) little, little animated, but. But will it hold? That's
1: the question.
0: Well, and that's, that's what we're going to, you know, what I want to talk about. There's a welding a lot of times, especially if you're in like a production shop or whatever, like obviously do your best to make the nicest weld you can. Because if you're just happy with like laying on a bean and just going, meh, it'll hold. You know, we, we joke around about that, but you know, strive to do your best always and you know strive to improve your technique constantly strive to constantly learn stuff because as soon as you're like you know static as to like where you are in your career you stop growing and that's kind of it and then you're gonna get bored of your job and you're gonna get bored with your career i've seen people get out i worked with a guy at my last job who became a realtor i was just like huh that's a that's a weird step but you know it's not for everyone but he's he's really good at fabricating maybe it isn't for everyone but if you are interested in getting to it it's literally the best life decision I've ever made.
1: What's your schedule like?
0: My work schedule?
1: <laughs> yeah, your work schedule.
0: Uh, Well, so at this job, I'm really lucky to kind of work how I want to, essentially. So I set myself up where I work 410s. So I find a Saturday Sunday off, which is phenomenal. But I usually work 6 to four thirty. I mean, that's subject to change because sometimes we'll get crazy jobs. Like We actually had a company under, buy they bought our material out for these big, uh, I posted them on my Instagram. They're these big stainless covers I did. They were a little over eight feet of weld on them. Dang. uh, And there were six of them. And the customer's file they gave us originally for the first two I did were, I should have posted those because they were terrible. So they basically, uh, when you bend stuff, you can either bend stuff like, where it meets up on the corners or where it sits up flush and you get kind of like a you know, just a square joint. They had it where it was a corner and then it bent down where they met flush and even on the top together. And I'm like, Well, this doesn't work. So there was a sixteenth gap around the entire thing, and it was it was on sixteenth stainless. So it's not like yeah, you, well, you can we'll weld go- that gap, you know. Yeah, just weld yeah, that yeah, gap. Yeah. 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 So what they tried doing is they tried to cut these pieces and like stick them in there. And I'm just like, I'm like, this isn't going to work on this thin stuff. It just melted up and burned up and became an oxidized mess. And I'm just like, and I I put some on, I don't know if you ever use backing blocks behind, like, I don't know how much thin stuff you've welded, but putting like dissimilar heat sinks behind your, where you're welding. And I had to do that on two of them. And oh my, they, they were welded. But they looked awful just <laughs> because of fit up purposes. Oh yeah. But then we our guy and does our designing and nesting and stuff for our laser and brake press and all that. He redesigned it and fixed it. And then the other four we did were good. But so they underbought our material out from under us. So I had to uh I worked, I think a little over 16 hours that night to get that job done. So I had to go out the door the next day. Dang. Yeah. So like stuff like that happens at the job, too. But, you know, mostly I make my own schedule. If I got stuff, something going on in the morning, I can just go in late and work later. Or sometimes I go in for a few hours on a Friday. So it's definitely the nicest schedule I've ever had working.
1: Well, that's pretty dope. I feel like that's one thing that kind of scares people off of, of welding and fabricating is that it's, it's usually pretty long hours. Definitely can be. But, if you work for a smaller shop, like you can usually kind of finagle your schedule to what you want, and that leaves a lot of life up in the air for you. It's like having three days off a week is pretty pretty desirable if you ask me,
0: yeah, it's great now uh, I don't recommend four days off my uh the last job I worked, I did a lot of um like uh, Structural uh, steel and stuff like that for like buildings and like ga- the galvanized panel, you'll see for, like buildings Ooh. We we had fume extractors. That was one of my uh, least favorite welding jobs. The work was okay. The shop was really clean Good equipment. It was okay managed, but the job was boring. So just slapping frames together. Oh, yeah, it was okay I started off on day shift and then it went to three um, 12-hour shifts over the weekend Dang. which I thought it was gonna be okay, but uh, all my friends have off on the weekend, so I never saw anyone, and then I just worked. I got up at 3.30 in the morning to get ready for work, and then I didn't get home till almost 7, yeah. you know, every day. And, you know, your whole – you you don't have a weekend, but then you have four days off during the week, and I was really bored with four days off. Like, I got bored, and I'm like, like, I got to do something. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so – watch how many days you need it off. as much as people are like man i don't want to go to work that whole mentality like man i don't i don't feel like working i know everyone feels like that you know some days where they're just like i need a day off but too many days off I just get bored i mean maybe some people do not feel like that but i do i like i like to be at work i like to work um, especially since i love my job and i love what i do
1: yeah well that's that's what you want to find in life is is things that you love to do and i can't I have to have something to do all the time, and my wife thinks I'm crazy because I have so many, <laughs> like I have so many different things that I do, but I love like it's all things that I like to do, so it's not like I'm working
0: No, it's a hobby you enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I've tried to fill my whole life up with just as many hobbies as possible, and I feel like welding. It's like there's so many different ways. Like I've seen some of your art welding too.
0: Yeah, I just started getting into that a little bit. Um, I'm very, very inexperienced at it actually. Uh, it's one of the things I wanted to start trying and like messing around with. I mean, I don't. I I think I got a Dremel now. I gotta uh, figure out the whole like. I see these guys printing these big things and putting them on, and I'm like, well, my printer can't something that big so i gotta figure out how to stitch it together but i basically just took like a sharpie and traced uh, all that stuff you see um, and kind of just follow the sharpie lines which is a lot harder than following a dremel cut line because it just turns oh, yeah. away as you're going
1: oh yeah no, i love plasma cutting it when you're going along a nice sharpie line and it just fades away as yeah, soon as you where get
0: where am i going all right we're <laughs> just
1: gonna roll with it are you gonna try to go down that road to do more art like oh, try absolutely
0: to... Um, especially uh since I'm setting up in my house oh yeah um, tell
1: us about your your space that you're setting up
0: all right so um i get a i get away with being able to do a lot of stuff at work the owner of the shop is phenomenal guy and like i said he's very flexible works with you i mean he's only 34 too you know he's just a phenomenal dude to work for and you know lets you kind of like do some stuff you know on your own he's like yeah i don't care you know when I asked him about shooting some videos he's like yeah sure We'll uh we'll put a dmi uh our, the company name is dynamic uh, metal innovations he's like yeah we'll put a dmi banner in the background it'd be great we actually got uh laser cutting work on a, through a hashtag on instagram <laughs> he's kind of you know cool with that and i told him he needs to post more because it helps yeah so setting up at home now i have my garage and i set up I got a bunch of shelving i was talking to my wife about it and i'm like you know what i'm like I might as well invest while i'm young and spend the money now so you know i looked into getting you know what welder i wanted and then uh, i bought a nice weld table i was like oh maybe i'll just buy one of those 250 dollar ones like that are just like eh." and i'm like oh everyone's saying they're not flat and i'm like it's a piece of metal it's gonna last it's gonna live longer than i am i was just like you know what I'm just going to buy a nice sort flat one. And I got a nice uh, two foot by four foot table. It came with casters. Everything's laser cut tab and slot. It has the whole sort of flat like ribs that are tab and slotted on the back. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to invest the money, get the nice equipment. Um, I have so many tools. So, so many tools. My wife will not go to Lowe's or Home Depot with me. <laughs> um, she says, I uh, have to go up and down every single aisle you um, gotta see if there's something you don't have yet. Ex- exactly. That's what I told her. I'm like, <laughs> I might need this. Yeah, so I started buying all my tools and stuff like that. I got these nice three-rod rack and these uh, dividers from uh, Arc Zone that are really nice just from storing and organizing my rods by size and material and you know i'm kind of setting up organizing i'm getting like the pegboard set up so i can hang most of my tools i kind of want everything off of the floor my garage isn't it's an all right size it's not huge it's good for me to work in so like on one side of the garage i have all my like regular garage stuff and like tools and stuff for the house ladders and then the other side gonna have my weld table workbench and then my toolbox and then eventually uh, i'm going to look into getting a bandsaw and a drill press put in there as well so we can get set up so I'm really excited to get that set up, but definitely doing more like some side projects. And I want to do private lessons out of the garage for people. I don't know if you've ever heard of Weld Metal, um, Weld Metals Online dot com at all. If you've seen them, they like sell all kinds of like cool kits and like yeah. coupons and stuff like that. Yeah. So like I could just, you know, buy stuff for that, include that in the price. You know, what I would think is a fair price to teach someone. I'm not going to charge anything crazy because I want people to learn. And I want people to get into the field or interested in it. Or just even help hobbyists kind of advance to the next level, which is like, that's kind of something I want to focus on because I got very unlucky in my career with people I've worked with or, you know, my instructors at school that kind of really like fine tuned my techniques and, you know, my body mechanics and really like critiqued on what I was doing wrong and right. It wasn't like, you know, some people, I guess they probably like, yeah, that's good enough. Like we were talking about some welds just need to be functional. Yeah. They don't need to be perfect. Cord. Yeah, it'll hold. So, you know, that's as long as your weld doesn't have discontinuities and it meets, you know, whatever weld procedure it needs to, it doesn't need to be perfect. It's just and not every weld you're going to do is going to be perfect. Not every weld I do or you do is going to be perfect. That's just reality. So, when you want to strive for that perfect, beautiful, hey, this is worth posting on Instagram kind of weld, you know if you want to strive to kind of hit that consistently you know fine-tuning the little things you're doing wrong with your technique or how you're setting up your machine you know it could be as if you're welding, it could be how you're you know feeding your rod that could literally be the single difference between what's going wrong i mean you know there's a lot to it you know what type of electrode you use for what type of process stuff like that so there's definitely like a huge depth of knowledge to go into you know so it sounds like oh here's this pretty weld and it's simple because you know it may be simple when you're doing it for a long time and you really have a nuanced understanding of what you're doing, but you definitely need someone to guide you. And, you know, again, that's why I like like social media, Instagram, because again, like on top of people asking me out school, I've had people reach out to me about like certain welding things and what's, you know, going on and Hey, why does this look like this? Why is this wrong? And kind of giving them an explanation about it, which, you know, that's why I think networking is super important for everyone because I've reached out to people we quoted a job for these big three-eighths aluminum frames I've never welded aluminum that's thicker than a quarter inch so I'm like okay I have an idea what I'm doing but I want to be set up perfectly so I reached out uh, to one of my buddies who does a lot of thick aluminum like hey how would you do this and he explained like what he how he would set up what equipment he would use he even turned me on to uh I think it's called AL25 it's like a specific gas that's meant for aluminum welding And he's like, it gives you suedo higher amperage, and it also gives you less of an etch line. He's like, it's amazing. He's like, you'll never go back rolling anything else with aluminum. So, like, I never even knew about that, that. That existed. And reaching out to people, you know, on social media is huge for that. Of
1: stuff, well, and that's me being in school. Social media was huge looking to just see different types of welding, you know. It's like because you, yeah, when I, I came in totally blind, no one in my family, my grandpa, he had done like stick welding on tractors, no one in my family was a welder, and so I was going in pretty blind. And that was something in school that I really feel like a lot of people run into is okay, I like welding, but where can i go with it and then mm-hmm. social media you see all these different things that people are doing like even earlier you were talking about orbital welding i was like i have no idea what that is and then i found out what it was i was like man that's the type of weld i
0: want to do let the machine do the work and i'll just sit back <laughs> yeah i mean there's a uh, so on, on that topic as far as i long as i've been welding i have never been without a job for a week whether it was to layoffs or me wanting to leave a job I have never been without a welding job for a week How do you get jobs I I usually would search on Indeed or like talk to buddies cuz you know just doing this for you know a while, little while met a lot of friends in the same career I'm like hey what are you doing and what are you up to now and stuff like that but mostly I found jobs to Indeed or I would search what shops were around, research what shops are around my area and what kind of work they did and, you know, reach out to the business personally. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, kind of my method finding jobs. And it's funny because where I'm at now was actually originally supposed to be a part time position because when I was at my last job, like I said, it was kind of I was kind of bored with the work. It was a good job. that paid well, but I was I was bored. I needed something that was a little more in depth. And wasn't the same grind every day. Some people, that's fine. You know, you're going to like your job. You're going to get efficient at it. And that's what you're going to want to do. But for me, I need to get my hands in all kinds of different things. So I actually, on Indeed, I found, oh, part-time TIG welder. TIG welding is my favorite process to do. It's just, it's just I enjoy it. It's clean. My lungs don't hurt after welding all day. Yeah. Wear a respirator, or fume extractor, people. So... You know, and we we could talk about that too. some shops that are they're going to have I'll go off track here for a second. There is some welding shops out there that are very poorly ran uh, for people that are looking to other jobs or where they want to go that don't have proper safety protocols. They're not properly managed and they don't care about your well-being. They just care how much product you get out of door in a day. And those aren't places you want to work. That's you know things you want to avoid or things you're probably gonna come across in your career. And if you're ignorant or coming out of school, to kind of bad jobs are out there, you might fall into them. Uh, I worked at this uh, tower shop building these uh giant electrical towers for uh, what we are the a lot of companies work for is a PPL, which for pencil in Pennsylvania like the biggest electric company. The shop you literally couldn't see, like I don't know, 10 feet in front of you. It was so smoky in there because they had the plasma in there and it just it wasn't in a separate building, it wasn't ventilated. So you couldn't see from one side of the shop to the other. And then we were welding with 16th flux core. Dang. Oh, yeah. No fume extractors, no no provided respirators. And then all the cranes in the building broken. So the one, if you would stop it, it would still go in their six feet. And you're moving these. 20 30 40 foot poles and you know sometimes 20 inch diameter sometimes a 72 inch diameter with the single chain wrapped around the center point too we didn't have double cranes or anything like that oh so sketchy Super and sketchy. you're trying to hold on to it one hand and then you operate the crane and move it down the shop and get it put onto you know a trailer to go out the door but our because one crane, it didn't stop. The brakes didn't stop it when it came down. The uh, supervisor would have to hit the up button, or whoever operating it hit the, would have to hit the up button. Well, the supervisor was using it and it didn't stop. It. it came down and crushed his leg. Oh, oh yeah, it was bad. And then uh, where I quit that job, I only worked there for four months. Was one, I was tired of my lungs hurting every day, and I'm like, uh, I'm probably gonna get cancer if I keep working here. I was uh, welding, they didn't have like the proper, some of the proper bucks for all the poles we would weld. So there's was like some brackets on the one I was doing. I was welding the flange on it and it hit a bracket. It actually popped off of the buck and swung and hit the ground. Now it swung the opposite way of me, but if it would have swung towards me, it would have killed me. It would have crushed me. And I, after that, that day I was like, I'm done. I'm literally done. I was like, I'm not getting killed over a job.
1: Yeah, your safety is definitely worth more than your paycheck. So.
0: Oh, 100%. Like <laughs> I said, there's always other welding jobs out there. And not every fabrication welding company is going to be glamorous or good. So it's important, like when we were talking about niches earlier, mm-hmm. you know, find find your niche and, you know, find a good company to work for. Or I have buddies who start their own companies. So if that's the route you want to go, do that. Yeah. You know, if you have the skills and the abilities to be able to do that, And you wanna invest money. Now it's hard, it sucks for a little while. As long as you're smart about it, things will move up for you and you'll be able to keep consistent income.
1: Yeah. By the time I got out of school, I already had like six months worth of work lined up. Just because like, well, it's just just people finding out when people find out you're a welder, oh yeah. They wanna weld this? They're like, Hey, can you do this? Hey, I have this super tiny pipe that I have a crack in it. Can you just weld it shut? It's like, do you know what kind of metal it is? No.
0: All right. We'll try to figure it out,
1: you know? That's. I feel like that's a frustrating thing about just picking up work. Is a lot of people have unrealistic expectations. I'm not a magician, but I am. I feel like I'm pretty proficient at what I can do. You know.
0: Oh, oh, uh, that's 100 true. This, uh, this, uh, my one friend. I think it was her dad's friend. He's like, hey, can you uh, like do some welding and fix up the frame on this like old truck I have? Literally, the truck was all rust. And I'm sure everyone knows that super oxidized metal isn't uh, – you can't weld it. Like, Why it was all- It's still metal, <laughs> right? <laughs> and she was just – she looked at it and she was just – she was telling me the story. She looked at it and she was just like, No.
1: It is funny, like the type of things, like because when you're a student in school, you're just like, yeah, I can't wait to weld anything, you know, just give it to me, I'll weld it. When I was in school, I ran into multiple things where I was just like, yeah, no, this is not going to Really work. out
0: of your depths. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember I had the a similar uh similar situation. um My buddy wanted me to weld his exhaust on, uh, for him. Now I've always take welded tubing and piping, always. Well, I didn't own a welder at the time at all. Like, I didn't. I didn't have that set up, and I was just like, "He's like, yeah, my buddy got a welder. We're gonna use Harbor Freight ninety dollar MIG welder." And I look at the thing, yeah, your settings are A B C D E, and like the chart that was on the inside is supposed to show you like what that meant wasn't there, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I weld it," and <laughs> <Hey>. then
1: um. <laughs> people are sleeping on the hybrid freight machines man that was one of my first some, some of them to... <laughs> have gotten
0: better some of them have gotten decent um so like if that's what you want in your garage or whatever that's fine but again like i was talking about earlier about bougie equipment i like bougie equipment i like to i'll i'm at the point where i'm willing to invest money and in proper good equipment because i'm all about buy once cry once what's your dream machine <sighs> Ooh. Uh that's tough. Um, I've used Miller's, I've used Lincolns. I've never touched an Esau machine, so I don't have an opinion on them. But we uh recently, not recently, at this job, he has uh HDP machines and they're an Italian-made company. Um, they have you know a base here. They uh I, I don't know, man, they're the best machines I've ever used. I like them better than any Miller I've ever used, any Lincoln I've ever used, and they're literally a fraction of the cost. You know, a lot of like, you'll see some like complicated welders where well, there like a thousand buttons on the front panel. And like, especially if you're like, you're kind of just like, you don't need all of that, or it might get confusing for you to kind of fine tune your machine. Obviously, but for a while, you'll learn how to use your machine, but, and they're simple and they're very clean. Uh, their customer support's good. So since I started using them and like, you know, been in contact with their company, I love their equipment and, you know, their welder's, I mean, Miller's and obviously stuff is, you know, phenomenal too. But if I wanted a Miller that was the same machine I have at work, like the same exact capabilities, I'd be paying $6,000. So like there's, you know, there's that too. It's like, okay, yeah, there might be another tier above, you know, what I have now. There's a Miller makes this crazy. I forget what model it is, but it has a TIG welder on it and it has two wires uh, feeders on it. And you can just hook it up with like multiple things and it's on this big cart. It's like, I think it costs around like $12,000 or something like that for the machine. But like, it's really cool because you have multiple, you know, it's not just like, oh, here's my multi no, you can hook it up for multiple things at one time and just switch it. But, you know, something like that would definitely be cool. But like, can you afford that? Yeah. The average person? No. My wife would kill me. Talk about
1: going into debt, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like we were talking before.
1: Uh, So, like, because I feel like that's another big thing when when you're getting started in welding or you want to start your own business, it's Mm -hmm. you got to look at machines, you know. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. like me, I started off with a Lincoln Electric MP210 multi-process. It gets the job done, and any process I want. It might not be absolutely the highest like performing in all different processes, but it can do all the processes and that was what I needed at the time. Hey everyone, if you are looking to pick up a new machine, head on over to store.linkinelectric.com and you can use one of our promo codes, weldcom 10 for 10% off equipment or com 20 for 20% off gear, accessories, and these are going to be good for the rest of the year. Again, that's Weld.com spelled out W-E-L-D-D-O-T-C-O-M with 10 or 20 after, and you can snag some sweet new gear at a sweet new price.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that, that works for you, and that's why they make those machines. So, you know, like I said, you don't need the fanciest equipment, like I said before, but it helps.
1: Yeah. Well, and especially like if you're going into more industrial fabrication like you you need to have something that is going to be able to do like those finishes you were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. being able to keep up with the standard that you are working in, and I feel like that is something people kind of get lost in is that like they think one way is it's got to be absolutely the cleanest, most perfect weld, but if you're just making yard art. It doesn't have to be the most no. beautiful thing ever, but no,
0: it needs to just tack some stuff together. I, I realize I didn't answer the the I talked about HTPs, but I didn't say which the Dream Machine was. Dream I Machine. Their, I want their take four hundred. That thing is a beast. So much amperage. So so much amperage. But that would be like the machine that I absolutely want because I'd be able to do. I could take weld anything with it. Do you have uh, what kind of power setup do you have at your house? Uh, so funny thing right now i only have 110 out in the garage so uh probably in the next month i'm going to be trenching out to because the, the garage is separated from the house it's in the, uh, the back of the yard mm-hmm. i'm going to be trenching out and uh running some um uf dash 10 i don't know i'm not an electrician i'm the gonna big have an electrician old wire. <laughs> yeah the big old underground wire the gray stuff that you yeah that yeah so uh, i'm gonna be running that out and i'm gonna be i'm either gonna put like a full panel in the garage itself or i'm just gonna run a uh you know 240 outlet out there from the house so that way i can hook up the welder and get its full capabilities yeah um so the yeah, power we only got 110 out there I have two 110 outlets but in the next uh i'm also gonna be putting a fence in for my dogs too so that's like that's my next projects coming up in like the next month or two that I'm going to jump on. A lot of money being dumped in, but oh, it's yeah. going to be worth it.
1: So in your free time outside of working, what do you do mm-hmm. to kind of keep yourself sane?
0: Uh, I work on my house a lot. I, w- I was actually talking on this conversation with a buddy two nights ago. This is like one of the things I'll do like a lot of work around the house or like work on projects or whatever. Because when I was younger, I used to make a laissez-faire about like working outside of work and nothing would get done you need to work to accomplish things. So like I do a lot of like stuff like that little projects, but like outside of that, I go to the gym every single day. I like working out. I grew up doing martial arts my entire life. I used to actually teach uh, mixed martial arts classes. So like that kind of stuff's really important to me. So keeping fit and healthy and my wife goes to the gym with me, you know, almost every day. And then outside of that, if I'm being lazy, I, you saw my gaming setup. I did. I did. Oh, I have a horrible video game addiction. I feel
1: like it's good to have different passions in life that are – I'm a workaholic, so I get it. Like I'm always working on something, but a bunch of my friends have been like, you got to just schedule in some time where you're not Mm -hmm. working. It's like you need to reward yourself for all the work you're doing. And I feel like gaming, if you're relating it to welding, gaming is very – much the same thing. You're working on your body mechanics, your hand-eye coordination. Uh-huh. It's like it, – it tra- I feel like it's everything technique. can can transfer over to welding, you know. But at, at the same time, you know, it's it's a separation in your mind, like giving your mind a break from figuring out different calculations, measurements, and heat. And it's a lot to just constantly consume your mind. So I feel like getting more hobbies outside of your hobbies is a good thing. <laughs>
0: oh definitely you need you need a break from especially since it's your career like you need a break from it because most of the time that's what you're focused on as it is anyway it's good to have something to kind of just completely break away from that that's what you know that's what video games definitely do for me because i'm no longer in the real world i'm in you know whatever i'm doing if i'm playing an rpg i'm in that world um i mostly play shooters you know those type of games and like even then like you know i've met so many like good close friends online just playing games with each other and build awesome friendships so even like that whole networking aspect like you know that for me is important because it's like i'm hanging out with my friends even if we're not sitting next to each other
1: yeah well, that's what this whole new generation is all about. You know, it's like you don't oh, have yeah. to, like back in the day. It's like you would have to go walk across the street and hang out with your buddy. You know, but nowadays it's like you can hang out with friends no matter where they are. And mm-hmm. it's just cool. I, I think it's very cool. I am very fast.
0: Technology is sweet.
1: Yeah, technology, is sweet, and even like circling back with technology to welders. You know, it's like back maybe twenty years ago, it's like every welder was going to be giant and heavy and expensive,
0: uh-huh. and now well- it's like the inverter when um yeah i was about to say i was about to say when uh i don't i don't know exactly when they started doing inverter technology it's it's nuts and imagine what welder's going to be like in another 10 years and speaking of technology we actually just bought i know you guys did a video on it uh we actually just bought that uh light weld uh laser welder oh, damn. we have one at work that's um, crazy uh-huh yeah it's uh it was a little bit of investment, but we do um we do a decent amount of like sheet metal like forms and structures. It's quick, but I personally don't I don't like it for aluminum. I, personally I only really like the TIG weld aluminum. Um, I've MIG welded some aluminum actually for the first time this year ever. That was kind of a fun experience and like a new experience. I've been welding, you know, for eight years. I've done all kinds of different types of work from building valves to structural steel to, you know, biopharmaceuticals where I'm traveling around the country and the world. I've done, you know, quite a bit, you know, of stuff and uh, I'm still learning. And, you know, there I only MIG weld aluminum for the first time this year. Did you uh, use a python the gun
1: or a spool gun?
0: I used a regular, just regular MIG gun. I think a 26 series is what I have set up. Nice. And then we have aluminum rollers uh, and then, uh, yeah, we use pulse MIG. I have the, uh, I have HTP's uh, Pro Pulse 220. That thing's sweet. Uh, I can do pulse and double pulse on, uh, with aluminum. I, we switched over completely. I don't use 7525 and completely switched to using C10 gas at work. It's so, one, you need it to run pulse. Well, you know, it runs way better in pulse. What are you supposed to use? But like even without pulse, it gives you that nice hot spray transfer. So it's a, it's a little weird. I've been having to like adjust to my like technique a little bit because the puddle runs hotter and wetter. So like I can't sit there and just like, you know, stack and let that, you know, weld puddle freeze on top of each other. Cause usually I'll do like a circular motion or you know, I'll do like the the steps so if you pause mm-hmm. or the whip, uh so to say. Whip. Um yeah, whip it. Whip it good. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, that's kind of um yeah, I had to change my technique a little bit because just the way the puddle reacts, it's totally different. All right, for people
1: um, like me that don't know what this gas is, explain it.
0: <laughs> it's the C10 gas? Yeah, it's just... um, So it's just it's just instead of your 75 argon and 25 CO2, it's 90 argon and 10 CO2. Okay. So that it runs a lot how you need it. Well, some people say you don't need it, but it's a mix of gas for doing spray transfer, essentially. Um nice. or if you have a pulse setting, that's the gas you want to use for make pulse. It runs super clean, it runs hot. There's like I literally I don't even need to use anti anti spatter uh, half the time because there's just no spatter. It's so nice. You know, that's not nice. having to sit there and spray all that crap on and then or knock BBs off your uh, your oh, piece. Yeah. Love love
1: playing the knock the baby off game. Yeah, it's great if you in the future would you ever see yourself as an instructor one day
0: um yeah i want to definitely want to get into teaching i was really inspired by uh like my instructors while i was in welding school back when i worked at abec when i first got into welding uh the most important thing is how i got into welding yeah and this will this will wrap into the whole me wanting to instruct thing because it was very inspiration inspirational to me so i was talking about like it's important to have nice, tight fit-ups when you're welding. And that's when we kind of got into not every weld's going to look nice because not every fit ups going to be nice. And that's just, that's reality. So they hired this guy, Denny, back, as I was saying before, and they brought him on. And he liked the way I cut frames and brackets because they are always tight, so everything fit well together. When I brought him a bracket needed to get welded, so he and me cut a bunch of frames for him because so we built every all the frames and stuff in-house at ABEC. And I just kept asking him welding questions and I'm like, Hey, what's this do? Why do you do this? And just keep asking questions. And then, uh, we ended up working on another project together where I said, we shipped everything out ourselves. So we had this big scale and we had to make a new scale for it. Uh, it was this big three eighths plate by like 12 foot and uh two foot wide. And we, I cut a bunch of that in the saw. And then, uh, he welded a new uh, thing together and we had some scrap. He's like, uh, he's like, you want to try it? And it was we stick welded at that because everything else we take weld it because stainless so i did a downhill bead and he was like instructing me as i was running he was like that's pretty good for never welding before uh so i asked my supervisor i was like hey can i learn how to weld and he's like i don't have a problem with it and i have to have uh asked denny if he would train you and he liked me and he agreed he liked my work ethic and you know he trained me for tig welding so i take welded for a few years before i ever went to school and i already had all that fabrication experience so that was a huge advantage for me
1: and i feel like okay so everybody always says okay if you don't want to go to welding school and you start working at a shop Mm -hmm. you find the like crustiest old like (laughs) experienced guy you become friends with him and he will teach you to be better than any other school you know
0: Uh, yeah because schools have a you know they have a program and schedules that every school is a little different but they have to stick to that and they just need to teach you how to get into welding and how to pass a lot of a lot of it's not functional weld training. It's how to pass a weld test and your basic welding knowledge and techniques and settings. So learning on a job from someone who really like knows like what the hell they're doing because they've been doing it for fifty years. Yeah, they, you know, they're gonna have some really in depth knowledge that you're not gonna get at school, especially when an instructor has to. And you know, we had uh, two to three instructors on, but you know, you have twenty, you know, students. You can't just sit there and divide a lot of time. You kind of set them up and show them. And then you have to kind of be by yourself and keep struggling. So that was kind of important um, for me. But, you know, he really like inspired me and taught me everything. It was like he was very critical. Like literally, if my bead wasn't like perfectly uniform, it wasn't good enough. And that's kind of where I got that like self-critical need that everything needs to look perfect aesthetically.
1: Do you stay in contact with him?
0: Yep. Uh, We go out to lunch, uh, phone calls all the time, you know, stuff like that. So I've known him for eight years now because, you know, that's kind of how I started was him. So him and I talk to each other regularly and he finally got a smartphone a few years ago. So now we text too. Nice. He's a phenomenal person. And, you know, he kind of inspired me about like taking the time to teach someone that's willing to learn, which is, again, why I want to do like private lessons out of my garage and You know definitely you know sometime later in my career i want to get into instructing and teaching the next generation of welders because you know this is this is you know it's not just a job for me at this point you know it's a lot of my identity is welding at this point in my life because it's brought me brought me so much especially like through instagram like with like i never thought i'd be sitting here talking to weld.com you know when i started my instagram page i was like okay like and i'm like that's sweet or you know you know getting you know you know, some, a lot of people have like, you know, sponsorship deals, you know, which I've recently have gotten, Edge uh, cups. which is amazing. Edge cups. Yeah, man. Best glass in the game. Tell us about so, them. So, uh, they're a family owned company. They are some of the nicest, most phenomenal people I've ever talked to. And I, when I first started like getting them, I actually first started, I uh, wanted to uh, buy them because uh, I saw some of my friends online using them. I'm like, Oh, what are these? And again, I like bougie equipment. So I was like, I love welding with glass cups. You can see, I think they're lighter. You can see better. So like, I just, I always go for, unless I have to walk the cup on something. I don't recommend using glass for that, but any other standard application, I love glass cups. So I bought some from them and really liked them and used them. And then one of my cups like was, um, it cracked, it just cracked on me. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, that's weird. So I contacted them and they're uh, they like, yeah, we're just gonna send you a placement. No big deal. And I was like, Oh, okay, and kind of got talking to them, and then I bought more of the products, and you know, started using more stuff, and posting a lot on Instagram and networking. And you know, they uh, ended up offering me, um, you know, being part of their Edge Army, which was a huge honor for me. And I was like, I never thought that would happen ever. Like, just you know, getting you know, sponsors or partnerships with companies, you know, just from networking and you know, being active on social media. That was like, like never a thing that I ever thought of or set out to do when I started my page. or I just want to talk to people and share my work and what I do.
1: Well, I feel like that is a big part of it. It's like you aren't just posting stuff on Instagram because you want to be famous. You're just posting stuff you're proud of and sharing it, but then you're also giving back. I feel like that's a big – there's like a triangle of trust you need to develop in social media. It's posting consistently and posting good stuff, but also – responding to people and being an open it's like an open channel for people to go and say hey i have a question i want to learn more about this and just being able to share that
0: knowledge is huge a hundred percent a hundred percent i mean it's just you know and that to me is like that's like a wild thing in this like day and age and i don't know like anyone that's listening to this if you know you follow my page or, you know, you just want to talk to me or whatever, reach out and I will do my best to answer any questions I have knowledge to, or I will point you in the direction of someone that knows better than I do. Because I'm, like I said, I had to talk to uh, my buddy, uh, Jesse about welding those eighths frames. Cause I've never done it. I have a good, a pretty good idea how to weld aluminum, but I'm like, I've never welded thick stuff like that. I was like, yeah, eighth inch tungsten. He's like, no, he's like, go up. And I'm like, really? He's like, yo, better arc stability. I'm like, Oh, that's a thick tungsten. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and even amperage range and, you know, your balance and frequency, you know, he like really set me up and then like that gas I never knew about. So like, don't be scared to reach out to, you know, pages on Instagram, cause I talk with a lot of these guys and, you know, they're pretty willing to talk to anyone and help them out because again, I feel like for most people, you know, they have good intentions on social media And are kind of on the same wavelength that I am about, you know, like it's a a community. It's really a community, honestly. Yeah.
1: And you could be part of it or you can just look at it, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And I feel like that's that's an intimidating, a a big thing that's intimidating for newer welders is like, okay, I don't want to post my weld because it's going to get ripped up. Everyone's going to tell me I'm terrible, you know? (laughs) It's like, I feel like that's the fear, but it's, if you never... If you never try to be a part of the community, you're never going to be a part of the community. Yeah,
0: and you're never going to get critiques from other professionals outside of where you're working because sometimes where you're working that's might be good enough. It's like, ah, like we were saying, it'll hold. It'll good hold. enough for my house. Yeah, exactly. So, um, don't be scared to reach out to, you know, other professionals for just advice. I mean, I know it's a little hard over texting if you're not physically there, but it definitely helps. Yeah. It 100% helps like just talking to someone. It's funny you say that about ripping. So I think there's like a like Instagram has a really good community. Facebook is terrible. <laughs> uh, so you've seen my I don't I don't want to sound pop, but you've seen my work. Mm-hmm. My, my my show work. I like posted something like on like a Facebook like Tig Welding group and like there were so many toxic people. And I was I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's I'm like, it's perfect. <laughs> not not here, man. Get off Facebook. Go back what to your that, Instagrams. Yeah, they um I, it was it was weird it was such a weird like I was talking to my, talking to my wife about it and i'm I'm like I'm like Instagram's so supportive and I'm like I'm like I'm like what's with Facebook I'm like it's like like the angry old uncle that you know never approves of you and I'm just like I'm like I'm never posting on Facebook again so yeah. like the community is completely different which I thought was really weird it's
1: very strange I mean even like YouTube every every like digital outlet has like a different vibe and i feel like instagram has been really really helpful for welders because it is a visually satisfying process Mm -hmm. and that is something that people like to just get lost in and facebook it's just like everyone's there to start a fight um (laughs) it's like that's so many trolls you go and that's where you argue with the people at you know and then instagram's just like yeah i just want to be satisfied for a while
0: yeah Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) but i mean we covered quite a lot and so you are going to be making some videos for weld.com correct
0: yes i am uh probably we're going to be shooting this week i believe uh i got the job set aside that i want to go over do you want to talk about that quick what it's going to be about or should we just all right so a lot of people um struggle with uh welding thin material um it's just, you know, settings, blow through. Okay. Uh, for those you don't know, he raised his hand. <laughs> um, so thin materials definitely a whole different animal. You know, you can't put a ton of heat into it. And you got to worry about warping and oil canning way more. Uh, but another big thing is you're like, oh, I'm scared to blow through. But another thing you should be scared of is not getting enough penetration. I, uh, do you know who um, Pacific? Um, oh, yeah.
1: Pacific Tig- 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 Art Tigwell. Yeah.
0: So uh, uh, he talked about this once before. He used to uh, weld uh, these aluminum boats, and he thought the beads looked really good and ended up snapping clear off, like the bottom, because there was no penetration, even though the bead looked good. So what I kind of want to go over, and I think this is going to help a lot of people, and I'll go over, like, settings and stuff like that so you can learn how to, you know, stack aluminum dimes. What I want to go over is getting proper penetration without being scared of blow through on thin materials. And for this, we're going to be doing on aluminum. Cool. So I think that'll help a lot of people out.
1: Yeah. I know uh, like, especially most welding, my welding school, like the program I went through, I was like, all right, I want to go through the most intense, intense, intense program they had and they're like this is not for beginners and I was like that's the one for me and it was all (laughs) structural you know structural and then pipe Uh welding yep that's all mine was too and it was like the thinnest I got was three eighths uh until I went into like the specializations and then we started working smaller but spent like most of my time in school just welding this thick stuff and then you start like I got out of school and I've not touched anything like over an eighth inch now you know since i've been out so it's like i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm welding a bunch of thin stuff it took me a long time to figure it out so oh, it's like... um
0: well yeah it, exactly uh yeah i didn't start doing that stuff until i started getting on um i mean something like the tubing stuff uh, when i worked at abec was uh, you know pretty thin you know wall thickness and stuff like that but you know most like most things no in all the schools like they don't really teach that or uh i welded aluminum twice while i was in school ever yeah. And when I got on the job, I had to learn, like I had to learn on the job how to like, okay. But again, that's, if you have an idea of welding, that's where I think YouTube videos really help you out. If you don't know anything about welding, YouTube videos are good in, in like introduction and kind of getting you like into it. But you don't understand, you need time. You need time under the hood to really, it's the greatest teacher. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, yeah, they don't. You don't really learn a lot about that stuff in school. Yeah. Um, which is weird because it's a very common, like commonly done thing.
1: Oh, yeah. And, well, they had like my school, they had a like auto body welding, but I was like, I need to learn how to weld the thick, thick stuff. You know, I need to be out there welding shipyards, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then I got out. And I was like, man, I really wish I would take at least one of those classes.
0: Yeah. 90%, 90% of weld now is. You know eighth inch or under uh something like a lot of quarter inch stuff on like some of the stuff we mostly like mostly make weld that stuff but like uh it quick um we were talking about the whole engineer thing mm-hmm. all right so i'm actually i uh, all yesterday i was machining a job we're doing i'll I'll post on instagram when the job's all done and said together and talk about it more then but they're these half inch and three quarter inch plates and we actually had to rent a welder, so we don't have like a welder on three phase or high enough amperage to do the job. So we had to rent a welder to do it. And I was like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right. I'm like, we're gonna flux core it because I'm not sitting and cleaning all that mill scale off. So we're gonna flux core it. And I'm just like, okay, it's gonna run hot a little bit hotter. It's gonna be better and with the 045 I and mean, you could get 045 solid wire but the fl- it's just it's so much better to use flux core with a job like that but like i was, the engineer was like and then you got to preheat everything and this and that when we we're talking about engineers before this guy that's for that telecom company that's not coming out before he was like well can't we just like preheat it and run one pass on it and i'm just like no. so it's going to be four <laughs> of these uh it's a it's like a base plate like this and it's tabbed and slotted and then another uh the half inch plate goes in the three quarter plate and the, the tab and slots just fit it. And then I was going to do is square it and then, you know, tack it in place and just run some uh, fillets on both sides. But he was like, well, can't we just like breed it and run a single pass, you know, hot pass. And I'm like, it needs it's there's four of them that go together. And it's going to be holding up this huge tower. And I looked at it and I'm like, it needs weld reinforcement. I'm like, no, I'm putting three passes on each side. I'm like, you have no idea, like, and I'm like, he's like trying to argue with me to get the job done quicker because I got to make ninety of them, and I'm just like, no, like things n- need to be done properly. Safety, safety first. Yeah, I don't want to be responsible for you know property damage or worst case scenario getting someone hurt or killed. Yeah,
1: that's that is a very big part of welding. Is that your your work? In a lot of instances, is very life altering stuff if you do it wrong you know so. oh
0: yeah it's and definitely so that's why you need to take your job seriously and why you really need to focus and try to be the best that you can possibly be at your job do things right don't be lazy don't be sloppy about your job stay focused
1: well that's awesome well i've i've had a wonderful conversation with you today
0: Oh, absolutely <laughs> man i was looking forward to this all week
1: yeah man i'm sure we'll we'll talk plenty more and but thanks a lot for sitting down with me. And yeah, man, no problem. Can't wait to chat more, and can't wait to see those videos. Putting out. oh, it's gonna be great, man. I'm excited. Well, awesome, man. Thank you for stopping by and listening to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. And stop by every week to hear a new conversation with different welders. Make sure you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts so that more people can find it and get help just like you. Hopefully you have a wonderful day and can't wait to talk to you soon.